from the New York City area, welcome to the Badass Counseling Show, where the master badass himself, Sven Erlinson, takes you deep and gives balm for the soul, baby. Well, hello and welcome to the Badass Counseling Show. It's great to have you here. Wherever you're tuning in from, we are kicking it out today from the New York City area. We're hitting it today on cheating. I know it sounds weird to say we're hitting it uh, and cheating. Probably not the best f- phrasing on my part there, Rob. Uh, but I'm here with my producers, Rob and KC. And uh, we've got a special guest today uh, who's joining us for our show on cheating. We've all been there. We've all been there, whether it was when we were young or when we we're, you know, getting on, you know, starting a family or, you know, in the 30s or 50s or 60s, we've all been in that place, or most of us have, where we've been cheated on, or maybe we were the one doing the cheating. We've all encountered it at one point or another, or we've at, at least encountered the fear that our partner might be cheating, our lover, our mate, our boyfriend, our girlfriend, or what have you. And uh, it's sort of a universal thing. Cheating sucks no matter how you slice it, if you're, especially if you're the one being cheated on. Um, and there's so many issues that go with it. What the hell do I do? How do I know if they're actually cheating? Are they going to stop? If they've cheated on me before, should I you know, give them another chance? All these different questions that we've all wrestled with before when it comes to cheating. I want to introduce uh, my guest this evening. Uh, her name is Addison. And uh, Addison, are you there? I'm here. It's great to have you here, Addison. Where are you calling in from today? I'm calling from Anderson, South Carolina. All right. All right. That is one beautiful state. I love South Carolina. Appreciate your uh, joining the show today. Addison, I'm going to ask you to uh, sort of let the listeners know, let me and uh, the listeners know, what is it that's uh, going on? What's the cheating thing in your life? Tell us your story. Me and my boyfriend, we have been together for about four years. And, um, he started off cheating in the beginning. I should have known, but uh, I like to hold on to what I can. Um, and I was hoping that as the years have gone by, that he kind of grow out of it because he is still a young, young man. So, but um, he just hasn't really grown out of it. He he has um, it's not a physical cheat or even a cheat with somebody we know. It's always um, through his uh, phone pretty much just random girls and just uncomfortable situations that I don't like to get into. All right. And, uh, you say that, uh, you two have been together for about four years. You guys living together. Is that the situation? Yes. We've been living together since we got together. I see. So that's quite some time. And as far as you know, the cheating has been going on like the whole time. Periodically. Yes. Okay. And how do you find out? I'm a snooper. I went the first time he did it. I went through his phone. I just had a, I had a, a intuition or not intuition, but a, a sense that he was doing it. I woke. It was actually a weird. Um, I woke up in the middle of the night and I had his Snapchat stuff. And well, I I got on it and yeah, he was he was. And so that's how. And what did you find? What sort of things did you find? He was texting random girls, just kind of complimenting them, but more like most likely um. He wanted to get photos from them, pornographic photos, pretty much. I assume that the uh, snaps or the uh, texts themselves are literally him saying, hey, send me some naked pictures of you. Is that basically it? Yeah, pretty much. And was it, okay, and was it uh, just naked pictures or was there certain were there certain requests that he was making beyond that? Uh, no, just asking for the photos. 
that I know of. Gotcha. Well, and it's funny you bring that up because you do say, you know, you just said, well, you know, there was like never anything physical or whatever. I got to ask, how do you know that? Exactly. Um, I, I don't. Uh, I, I'm really not sure, but I, he's always told me like, <laughs> I would never do anything physical. So I, I believe him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and the thing is, is we want to believe him and their mouth is going, it's yammering, it's yammering, it's selling, it's selling. No, I'm not doing anything. No, I would never do that. No, you're the best. And, and yammering, yammering. And, and we believe them because we see the words coming out of their pie hole. So it must be true. But what the fuck? I mean, fucking mm -hmm. naked pictures and, or to use your word, pornographic pictures and the, the text thing and so forth. And the fact that it happens again, and then it happens again, you said sporadically. Um, yeah, I, there's no way of knowing if it is physical or isn't physical. And of course he's going to deny it. I mean, do you really, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Do, um, do you really believe that he would fucking tell you? He would never ever tell me that he's doing it. Okay. So even the texts and the snaps and so forth that you've caught, he didn't openly volunteer those. You found those because you said, you know, you're a snooper. And uh, so then if he's not admitting to those, isn't it reasonable to assume there's no fucking way in hell he's going to admit if he's hooking up with some girls? Exactly. Mm -hmm. So you're fucked, kind of. <laughs> I'm not trying yeah, no disrespect, much. and I'm not trying to hurt your feelings, but it's kind of a tough spot, oh, yeah. right? Okay, and so tell me then, where are you at? I mean, uh, as far as with the whole thing, um, you're still with him, and this has happened roughly how many times has this happened for you, Addison? At least two, three times every year, so about... Well, two to three times four is eight to 12 times. Wow. Yeah, okay. yeah pretty much. And uh, I, I'm going to ask you... What keeps you in the relationship? I mean, someone is clearly cheating on you in a one form, even if he denies the physicality. Let's assume there's no sex. Let's, we don't know if that's true, but let's just assume for the minute that that's true. Um, but he's engaging with all these other women and he's wanting pornographic mm -hmm. photos from them. At the very least, that you have evidence of that, that he's doing that. What keeps you in the relationship, Addison? This is going to sound bad. Um, well, I'd never, I don't have anybody else in my life per se to like, I lost my parents when I was young. So I kind of clinged on to this type of love to keep me like thriving in life. And I just, I don't know, without him, I feel like I'm great because I have nobody to like tell all my feelings to or just to talk to on the daily. I'm so sorry, Addison, that, that I can't even imagine what it's like. Uh, is it, would it, would it be, is it unfair of me to ask, uh, how did your parents die? And how old were you? Um, I was freshly 14. Um, my brother, I had a brother at that time. He was 14. Or no, he was 15, sorry. Um, they were they were in a motorcycle accident and they just they both passed away. Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. And and it, I can't even imagine. You must have been just and probably still are heartbroken. Mm -hmm. I mean, sure, it's all it's seven years ago, but come on. I mean, how do you Boy, that would take a long time to recover. Yeah, from, I, I struggle with it every day. And I think that's why I, I stay with him like I do, because I feel like he he covers that void that I don't have with them, with my parents, if you know what I mean. 
And what is that? What, no, no, I know. I want you to help me understand what you mean, because I just lost my parents in the last years, but my parents were 92 and 93 years old, all right? There's, that's when people are supposed to die. Hell, if you're still alive at 93, I want those genes. <laughs> Turns out I have those genes, but that doesn't matter. Let me ask you, let me ask you, what's the hardest part? What's, what's the void? What's the void that uh, your boyfriend fills? What's the void that you need uh, on the daily that you talk about? What is that void? Loneliness. My family doesn't really like talk to me on the daily. Um, so I always have to go toward to them if I need anything or anything. But I never have anybody always checking up on me, even though I was like the youngest in the family. And you said you you said you had a brother who was a year older than you. Do you not have a brother anymore or what? No, I still have him, but he he's invested in his own life more or less. And we're just not really uh, I'm more about. I need to get my life straight. I need to do this, this and this. And I don't like to party. And but his girlfriend, they are they party every weekend and he's just kind of busy with his own life. So I, if I'm hearing you correctly, and I want you to correct me if I'm wrong, all right? I don't need to be right. I genuinely want to understand that part of what keeps you in a relationship with someone who's cheating on you, who's clearly, I mean, in my estimation, as an outsider, he's being mean to you. He's not taking your, he's not taking your feelings into account, and he's repeatedly, again and, and again and again, treating you like you don't matter, like you're not important. But if I'm hearing you correctly, you have mm -hmm. so much pain from your past, but also you feel like there's no one in the world other than him that you almost feel like I have to stay because otherwise I'll be alone and I hate how that loneliness feels. Is that accurate? That's very I, accurate. I can't yeah. even imagine what your pain is like, Addison, when it comes to that. Um, and so what are you feeling on this whole idea of uh, are you – you said you just, uh, you know, he's done this a number of times and so forth. Where are you at? Are you wanting to stay in the relationship? Are you wanting to move on? What are you, what are you thinking with regards to him? Of course, I'm going to want to stay in the relationship. But like I said, if, if it's going to continue to happen, I, I can't put, I have to put myself first. You know, I'm only, I'm, I'm only mm -hmm. young once and I can't keep playing this, this yeah. game with him. And, and the thing is, is let me ask you. Do you feel like, um, strange question, but, you know, kick it around a bit. Do your best. With it. Do you feel like you've gotten over or worked through is a better word? Do you feel like you've worked through uh, the all the other times he's cheated? I feel like I've, I've pushed myself through it, yes. But do you feel like you've gotten over it, like you've genuinely resolved it inside yourself and result? No, yes, no, what? No. 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 Because I still check his phone every day every more every almost every other day and do you consider that bad that you check his phone just out of curiosity i it, it makes me feel because I, I listen to so many other podcasts and people say like if you don't have trust then what is right. the relationship and i mean that's just stuck in my head at that right. moment but you're doing it anyway because why i'd rather know than to not know i'd rather stop it before it gets any farther. And, and that makes total sense and the truth is he's betrayed your trust not once. You're not with a boyfriend who cheated once. You're a boyfriend who has not stopped cheating. That he's literally, you said, sporadically mm -hmm. two to three times a year. You didn't say two to three times, which I was expecting. I was expecting you to say, ah, oh, two or three times in the last four years. No, 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 no. You're like, two or three times a year. And so there's a problem here. There's a pattern. There's a very clear pattern. Can I ask you this question, Addie? Let's say you're, just pretend, hypothetically, you're dating a guy 
And you get three months into that relationship and you're thinking to yourself, wow, he's actually a nice guy. And he talks out problems with me and he's just like consistent. And you're like, okay, this feels nice. And so you keep going in the relationship and you go further down the road, further down the road. And you find yourself at like the year and a half mark and you realize, fuck, this guy's really consistent. I mean, he shows me love in the ways I don't mm -hmm. get any vibe off him that I can't trust him. And he talks out problems and he calls me on my shit. And we just have a really nice time together. It's like, this guy might actually love me. Okay. And then you get to like three years. Mm -hmm. and it's the same shit. Just Mr. Consistent, Steady Eddie. Mm -hmm. And he's a good guy too. But he talks stuff out and he's consistent and, and he owns his shit and he apologizes and shit like that. If after three years of dating a guy where he's just consistent in his actions of love towards you, would you believe that he actually loves you? Yes. And you would believe it. Why? Because he shows it. Because he shows it. All right. You have a four-year pattern of behavior of someone showing to you that they don't give a shit. Mm -hmm. You have a four-year pattern of behavior from someone, a four-year. See, I hooked you up on a year and a half and then three years with the other steady Eddie, right? But now we're on a four-year pattern of behavior of someone who is routinely cheating on you, who is routinely doing shitty stuff that ultimately it boils down to this, that makes me feel bad. Mm -hmm. That how he acts makes me, makes you, Addison, feel bad. That's the only criteria that matters. That's the only criterion by which you, you gauge this relationship. And the truth is, you have a pattern. And he's created no, and no indication that he's going to change that pattern. And he, I'm sure this time when you caught him, he's like, no, 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 that was it. That was it. That's the last time. Is that likely accurate? Yeah, yeah pretty much, yeah. And let me ask you, has he pretty much said the same thing every single time? Yes, but you are in a unique situation, Addison. Again, you feel very much alone in this world because your parents passed away mm -hmm. and your brother is living his life and he's probably struggling with his stuff too. And so you had said a few minutes ago, you said, you know, I may just move on because it's just gotten so bad and I, you know, I just can't handle this anymore. Um, but how would you do that if you're alone? How would you... You said, I'm afraid of being alone and so forth. How would you walk away from a relationship if you're afraid of being alone? I mean, that's where I'm kind of stuck at. Um, I have friends, of course, but even my friends have their own relationships that they're very invested in, um, which my friends go through the same thing that I go through with my own boyfriend. Um, so hopefully I can give this knowledge to them as well. Um, but I'm hoping I could, you know, kind of put all my in, put all my... Uh, I trust into my friends to carry me out of that. Gotcha. We're going to go one step deeper here with Addison uh, when, we're, when we come right back after this. Are you finally ready to turn your life around? Finally get the clarity, happiness, and sense of purpose you've been waiting for your whole life? Then go to BadassCounseling.com now and get the international best-selling book, There's a Hole in My Love Cup. It changed my life. It'll change yours. This show provides soul counseling intended to entertain and inform and is not medical advice. Now back to more badass counseling with Sven. We are here with Addison who is sharing her story with us. Um, 
21-year-old and uh, her boyfriend, they've been together for four years. They live together, and she has he has cheated on her two to three times a year over the last four years, and she's really struggling um, with what to do, and should I give him another chance? And uh, part of the what really throws a wrench in the whole equation for Addison is that Addison lost her parents about seven years ago and uh, very much feels alone in the world and sort of he's sort of her only person that she has in her life, other than her friends. She has real good friends. And so we're talking to Addison. Addison, you had talked about this idea of wanting to give him another chance. And and my question for you, and you can tell me to go fuck myself if, you know, I don't want to offend or anything like that, okay? Um, or if the question's ridiculous, just say, Sven, that's just fucking moronic. I don't want to answer that. But my question is, why are you, you, you had mentioned before that you haven't gotten over all the past chances that you've you've given him, and he's cheated just repeatedly, and he hasn't, to the best of your knowledge, had um, you know any sort of uh, sex with people or any sort of physical uh, cheating. But uh, you've caught him all those times, but you haven't gotten over them. So I'm wondering why are you giving him more chances when you haven't even gotten over the last ones? In hopes that he will change, pretty much. And and we, the truth is, Addison, I'm not dogging you for that. We've all been there and you want the person to change, and you want the relationship. Let me ask you this. How much does fear weigh into the equation for you? How much are you afraid, not just of being alone, but of being alone and will I find somebody else, and will I find someone as good as him, or will I find someone who likes me, and so forth? How much does that fear weigh into the equation? Heavily, very heavily. And what ultimately... If you were to put it in one sentence or less, what's your biggest fear? Honestly, just being alone. I, I just, I, I'm not okay. I, I'm, I don't do okay when I'm alone. And I like to be able to come home and know mm-hmm. I have this person waiting on me, this person that's excited to see me in this time. When you're alone, what happens inside of you? What happens sometimes when people, and this may not be your case, but sometimes when people are alone, they're afraid of being alone because the messages, some of the things they've heard about themselves when they were younger or things they think about themselves, those voices come rising up and they sort of ring in their head and they tumble and tumble and tumble like clothes in a clothes dryer. And so if I don't have to be alone, then I've got someone here saying, no, you're good. I like you. You are worthy. But sometimes those voices that rise up inside of our head are, I'm no good. See, nobody wants me. Here I am alone. I'm all alone in the world. What are the voices that rise up inside of you, Addison? Yeah, they tell me that I'm I'm not going to do anything with my life if I'm on my own or I'm just, I would break apart if I was on my own and just, I would turn to things that I don't want to turn towards, like, you know, drinking or anything like that. Like, that's my fear. I'm terrified of if I do, if I am alone and I, I have to be alone, that instead of dealing with my own feelings, I'm going to deal with them in other ways, more or less. Are you dealing with your own feelings? And if not, what keeps you from dealing with it? What keeps you from getting that pain um, and all those feelings out? I'm not sure, to be honest. Uh, I, I'm, I don't really look too deeply into my, my own feelings, honestly. And the reason you don't do that is what? Are you afraid to touch them? Is it that there's, there's so much or what? Yeah, I believe it's because I have so much built up in me that I, I'm just terrified to let it go. Like with what I was saying earlier, about my parents passing, I, I'm still dealing with that on the daily. I haven't even, I, I can't talk to my family without breaking down and crying about it. And it's like you said, it's been seven years and 
I didn't even cry at their funerals when I was that age. I just, it, I pushed it down. I hear you. And, and the truth is every single one of us uh, has come to points. We, not every one of us has had to deal with the death of a parent, let alone two at a teenage year. So that's its own form of pain and special pain and so forth. But we all go through life and we encounter or we've had pains from our past um, that eat us up and that we're afraid to look at. We're afraid that if I even touch it, it'll overwhelm me and I can't bear to touch it. But the truth, and so as a result, we, we spend our lives running from that pain. We spend our lives not wanting to touch it. And if I can just have the relationship, then my pain will go away or that will be that will enable me to forget about the pain. Or once we have that relationship, if then if I can just have a child, see, now I've got something I can sink my life energy to and I can keep running and I never have to touch that pain. I never have to deal with it. And then a second child, and then before you know it, life's going and so on and so forth. And we stay busy or some people do turn to the bottle or some people overwork or they overparent or whatever. But the problem is, one of the problems is, especially as we find ourselves talking about kids, is that, shoot, if I haven't dealt with my pain with regard to my past, that pain's going to trickle out onto my kids. That pain, I'm going to use my kids to get my own needs met. And that's where we end up fucking up kids. What would it take you to begin to look at that stuff? I mean, you said you didn't even cry at your parents' funeral. Um, what would it take to begin to look at that stuff? I mean, would it take counseling? Would you do it on your own? What would it take for you to begin to get that pain out so that you're not letting that come out in your parenting your own kids or it's not coming out in your relationships and so forth? What do you think it would take for you to have the courage to begin to go into that and let some of that pain out? Honestly, uh, I do believe it is like a, I need a therapist or a counselor. I just need someone that's going to listen to me and under, not understand me, but like just listen to the things I say about why I feel this way and how heavily my parents' passing does weigh on me. Because even when I bring it up to anybody around me, like when I bring up my parents' passing or I bring up something that relates to my parents, people, they don't really have anything to say because, I mean, it is sad. It is. It's a terrible, it's something terrible that happened. But I still like to talk about it. I need to get over it. To I need to talk about it, get over it. Yeah. And, and it's not even just getting over it. It's just going into it. You know, you're still at the stage of wanting to go into it and there's so much there, the pain, the missing them, the, what does that mean to me and how I look at myself and how I see myself in the world, not to mention the loneliness and so on and so forth. So yeah, there's a lot of feeling in there. And, and what's kept you, have you had therapy before or have you not had therapy or what, what's sort of keeping you from doing it? Um, my finances uh, it's a little expensive and i'm trying to still get my life straight and then like i want to go to school but i, I can't because i have to save up money and i have to you know pay my bills and it, it's expensive <laughs> yeah yeah it is and yeah if you do go to school most or many schools that you might go to they have counselors <laughs> on staff uh and most cities have resources in them they have support groups death support groups and so forth and generally, that's a that's a pretty easy Google search. Uh, let me ask you this though: um, Have you ever considered journaling? Do you have you ever thought about writing or you know just writing it down? It doesn't even have to be legible or anything like that. Have you ever thought? About I do journaling? actually. I, I do journal, um, but my brother, when we were younger, he went through my journal, so it scarred me. To I'm terrified of somebody reading it. So I don't do it as much or I don't go too deeply into it because I'm just, I'm terrified of somebody reading my thoughts. Addison, I totally get that. 
I once had my journals used against me and it was nasty and it was ugly. And, um, but, uh, if there's any way, so, so sometimes what I do when I journal, like I actually journal during my workouts, believe it or not, because I'm so cranked up on caffeine and I'm journaling and, oh, this person, that, and this person, I'm so mad or, oh, what a happy day or whatever I'm feeling, whatever. And then oftentimes when I journal, I just flush it down the toilet or I toss it in the fire or uh, I stick it in the shredder and so forth. But the I, Addison, I, I like you and I think you have a bright future ahead. And but I think you just got so much pain inside, kiddo. And so you're allowing someone else to hurt you so much. And I know that hurts. You got pain just wrapped around all the times he's hurt you. And you're considering walking back in. And I would never I would never blame you if you did walk in. I know what it's like to be lonely. And sometimes we make decisions because we're just so scared of the alternative. And I understand. And if you had to go back into it one more time, you know, and get your heart broken again before you finally had the courage to leave, I would understand that. Sometimes the pain has to get so bad before we have the courage to leave, before we have the courage to sort of stand up straight and say, fuck it, I'm going to do it fucking anyway, okay? Um, but I would really strongly encourage you, kiddo, to to do the work and to either hide those journals or type them out in your computer and put it in an encrypted file or just throw them out, but you got to start getting that pain out, kiddo. And if you can't afford counseling, I understand, nothing wrong with that, no shame in that, but you got to start getting all that pain out of you. You have to start because it's going to affect your relationships. And look at how it's affecting this one. You're basically, because of your pain, because of your fear of being alone, you're allowing to someone, you're allowing someone to treat you like you don't matter. You're allowing someone to hurt you. And I know you don't want a relationship where someone's hurting you. I know you don't. Oh, yeah, definitely. Right, right. And and so sometimes because we're afraid of the alternative or because we haven't gotten out all our pain and because we haven't gotten all of our fears out, we allow people to treat us in a, in a bad way. I'm going to, I, I, I got to tell you, I want to go back to his actions. Um, I was a 20-year-old male once. It was a very, very, very long time ago. But I was a 20-year-old male, and uh, I've, I've, I was a 30-year-old male. I was a 40-year-old male, and uh, I can't speak for what it's like to be a female because I never was one. But um, I know that if a guy is asking someone to send him naked pictures, he wants to have sex with her. That's pretty much... I could pull 100 guys off the street of all ages from 15 to 72... And I could say, what does it mean that Addie, Addie this wonderful young woman, that her boyfriend is trying to get naked pictures uh, from other women regularly? And they would all, in some form or another, they would snicker, they would laugh, and they'd be like, oh, yeah, he wants to yeah. fucking, he wants to fuck him. He wants to have sex. He wants something. So either he, even if he hasn't had sex with them, he fucking wants to. He's angling for it. He's trying. Because how do you, you can't just get fucking naked pictures and it's like, oh, okay, that's all I want. Thanks so much. I appreciate that, Susie. Thanks for the naked pictures. We're good. No, fuck that shit. He's wanting to fuck around if he's not already. He's taking advantage of you. And Addie, at some point in your life, the pain, I always say the change, change will not occur until the pain gets bad enough. And at some point in your life, I know you got to start believing in you, kiddo. I believe in you. I th I think you have a great fucking future ahead, and you seem like a really sweet and sincere person. And uh, and I don't want to see you uh, let anyone treat you that way. But at the root, the reason you're doing it is because you have that fear inside and that pain inside. So my encouragement to you is to get that pain out, to get that fear out, and to never let anyone cheat on you. And that at this first sniff of that, 
you have every permission to walk away. If someone's not yeah. making you feel good, why stay? Does that make any sense? Oh, yeah. No. But the other side of it is it's one thing to know it. It's another thing to do it, right? I mean, I can say I know it, but boy, if I'm in that situation, it's sometimes it's harder to do it, right? Yes. All right. So I, I just want to ask you uh, two questions before before we go here. And that is, first one I want to ask you, and I want you to just sort of just sort of calm your mind a bit. And and I know it's going to sound like a dopey question, all right? But it's sincere. And my question is simply this, Addison. Do you like you? Do you like who you are? I, I like parts of myself, but overall, um, not really. Uh, not really. Okay. And let me ask you this. What is the single biggest part of yourself that you like the least? I have a weird ability to, or disability to make friends, new friends, more or less. Um, I feel like there's something about me that other women or females, they just don't particularly like. Every job I've had, um, nobody's ever wanted to be my friend. I've always kind of just been on my own. And I was just kind of mm. lonely. And I was just there. And that's got to be hard. That's got to be hard. And I believe, I absolutely believe that the more you get your pain out and your fears out and so forth, you're going to just grow to like yourself more and more because all that crap isn't weighing you down from inside. I want to ask you one more question, and it's similar, but it's different. And that is simply this, Addison, do you love you? I think I love myself. I do. I do love myself on, on my good days. Hey, that's all right. That's all right. I like that. I like that. And the truth is every single one of us has things about ourselves that we don't like. But as long as that, that pilot light, you know, under your burners at home, if you have a gas stove or under your water heater or whatever, there's that pilot light that's always burning. Yes. That love for yourself and that I am good and I love who I am and I have stuff I like and we're always growing. But what's keeping packed down all the other good stuff about you that you, you maybe don't even see yet. Is that all that crud? And Addison, I just, I really hope for you that uh, you uh, get that pain out. And I'd like to send you a copy of my book, uh, There's a Hole in My Love Cup. And uh, if you'll uh, stay after the show, our producers will get your information. And uh, But I'd like to send that to you as a way to just sort of get you going down that path and sort of get you thinking in new ways and help you build that relationship with yourself, one built on self-love and, and self-like. Would that be okay? Yes, actually, I was going to order it. <laughs> no, no, no. Let me okay. send you a copy. Addison, I want to thank you so much. You've been a great guest. Thank you so much for being on the show. And we, I wish you only the best. And I hope you start believing in yourself and standing up for yourself in relationships. All right? Thank you so much for having me. You betcha. Thank you, Addison. And when we come back, we're going to just uh, say one more word or two on cheating uh, before wrapping up the show right after this. It took me to the place that scared me the most, the crap I've been running from my whole life, the stuff that's been dragging me down, and it literally began the healing. I feel lighter, clearer, and just happier. Finally, some freaking peace. You gotta get this book. There's a hole in my love cup. Or the do-it-yourself video courses. All at badasscounseling.com. It's totally killer stuff. Now, back to the badass. And there it is. 
boy, man, the decisions we make in relationships, the hard decisions of should I stay or should I go. Rob, whose song was that? Should I stay or should I go? Who is that? The Clash? You are correct. Of course, Sven. It's The Clash. Big hit in 1991. All right. Rob normally knows everything uh, music related, so I was certain he would know that. And that's a classic. That's one of those that just, it's an earworm. It gets in your head, right? But that's really what it was for Addison. Should I stay? Should I go? And, and you'd think, get out of there, young lady. Get out. And I, every one of my listeners, I guarantee, and Rob and KC here, everyone's screaming, get out, get out, Addison. But boy, can you imagine? You don't even have parents. Parents passed away. So life's decisions aren't always as easy as we want them to be. But uh, cheating's full of some hard stuff. And we'll be coming back on cheating more than once. Plenty more angles to discuss on cheating. I want to thank you all for tuning in to this episode of the Badass Counseling Show. It's always fucking great to have you here. This is fun, and uh, it's deep, and it's powerful, and I always learn so much. So thank you all for tuning in, and have a kick-ass day. The Badass Counseling Show is strictly copyrighted. No copies may be made without the express written consent of the Badass Counseling Show, LLC. The Badass Counseling Show is produced by Karen Camparelli and Robert H. Friedman. Executive producer, Sven Erlinson. Have a kick-ass day.